Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. My guest today is Adam Brazier, a photographer, filmmaker and creative expert who co-hosts the brilliant creative podcast Creative Rebels alongside David Speed. Adam and David have had me on their show three times now and I've been hogging the mic three years in a row so it's really great to turn the tables finally on both of them. Adam has co-founded numerous successful creative businesses, including Graffiti Life, and his photography is thriving under Adam Brazier Portraits. You can find that on Instagram, and I recently had some photos taken in front of a very bright yellow background, and I really loved the photo shoot. I very much recommend. This episode was going to be about how Adam has pivoted his business during COVID. Like many of us, he's been changing things up, trying new things, not able to do certain things, But it turned into a conversation about changing career lanes instead of making any sharp pivots. I really liked Adam's analogy of how you can change lanes. He offers up some really good advice and it's not necessarily about uprooting yourself drastically and making a sharp turn. This is about gradually helping yourself make the change. So I really enjoyed this episode. I got a lot from it myself and I hope you do too. Here is the conversation. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on Control Alt Delete. This is a long time coming, and here we are. This is so bloody exciting. Like when we started our podcast, Creative Rebels, like you were one of our inspirations for for the show, and you are obviously our first guest on the show. We've had you on now three times since, so it's amazing to actually be in this room. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's about time. Let's be honest. I've come <laughs> on yours three times, but really excited to turn the tables on you because you are just doing so many things. And every time I come away from being in your company and David's company, I'm just feeling a bit buzzed up for being creative and doing what we do. So thanks for your podcast and everything that you do. But I wanted to start off by asking you whether you have always been this way, because I feel like you are so good at problem solving. You're very optimistic. You kind of work within what you have. Very ambitious, but also you take small steps and I don't know, you really kind of visualize what you want and go for it. Have you always been like that? I think like I've definitely always been a problem solver. And I think like that is one of the things that I would kind of think is, is one of my best traits. And it's funny because people often associate because like art and creativity with just the kind of visual medium of it. But for me, the element of creativity is problem solving. That's kind of my definition for it. And I think even going back to like being at school, being an artist and like like at school, I was always very good at art, kind of quite often known as like the arty person. But I was also really good at like maths and physics as well. So I had that kind of like problem solving side. But then when it came to my actual art, it wasn't it wasn't like I was creating all these amazing things out of my head that people had never seen before. I was doing like photorealism. So a real like detailed level. And for me, that was just problem solving. That was looking at okay, well, I need to get this reference onto this paper with this medium. How am I going to do that? And then I think as soon as I think, okay, well, how am I going to do that? Then I generally think, well, someone's done this before. So it's possible, which means that I can do it. I just need to learn how to do it. And then I kind of go down the route of, okay, well, where do I learn how to do it? And then learn how to do it. And it just kind of goes from there. And I think anything that I ever come across in life, if I think that someone else has done it before, then I think, well, that means that I can do it too. Yes, I love that. Is it therefore 
kind of more logical than just self-belief. It's like you can actually see it happening rather than the confidence bit. I think it, I think the two come hand in hand. I think the self-belief like is so linked to confidence and that just comes from trying something once it works so you get the confidence to try it again and you keep going and I think from an early age I've always had that confidence of if I try something it'll either work and I'll get more confident from it or it won't work and I'll work out why it hasn't worked and then try again until it does does work and I think that's really important is having like a lot of people judge themselves on their first attempt at something and they might never try something again but I think it's more important to judge yourself on your second attempt because as soon as it's your second attempt at something you can then look back and analyze yourself of like well where did I come how good was I this time compared to the first time that I did it because I think that's a much more like productive like route to approach things on because then it's like are you learning are you growing and if you can see you've actually grown between time two and time one then that means time three and time four and time five you're going to get better and better and better and I think it's having that belief that over time you will grow you will get better it's just going to take that time in analysis it's just going to take that time analysis and kind of going over it again and again and again yeah that makes so much sense and I've become at peace quite recently actually with with just realizing that I might look back at cringe at my work forever yeah (laughs) and actually how that is a sign of growth and I'm not going to love my books from five years ago now and I'm not going to love my book now in five years but it's okay but what what is so interesting is I read in an interview with you online in 2019 that you'd just taken up photography and I was like what (laughs) because I went to your studio last year yeah and you you are a pro you are so good at what you do you're fully booked at the moment everyone loves your work and I was like oh my god that is testament to how you do learn and teach yourself and jump in I think it's like anything that if you have an interest in something and someone else has done it before and there's the information of how to learn that somewhere like you can just go and learn it and it's just it's the I think the difference between doing it and not doing it is actually picking up the camera and taking the photos picking up the paintbrush painting the thing I think lots of people will just look at stuff and be like oh I'd like to do that but then they don't actually go and do it or they'll buy like so many people will buy the camera buy the creative things and use them a couple of times and they'll sit in a drawer for two years whereas I think it's doing it again and again and again making sure you do it as much as possible so with photography as an example I bought my first proper camera uh, when we went traveling like four years ago just as a way to like document the trip and I was like well this will be a really nice like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity I'm going to go and do this it's going to be amazing and I'm going to get all these great pictures and videos and stuff that I can like, look back on for years to come to remember this time and that was why I bought my first camera and just going around like Asia where we were I was taking like pictures that I was so pleased with and especially because I've come from like a background as an artist where for me to create a piece would take maybe a day I could create something whilst exploring and doing new things get kind of capture a piece of art and then come and edit that on my computer and actually I could create a piece of art in a really quick amount of time so I was like actually like whereas with a painting it's going to take me a day I could technically take 20 great photos in a day edit them all and have 20 pieces instead of one learning wise you learn every time you finish something so it's like 
you just learn so quickly as you go through things and then the great thing about instagram as well is you've suddenly got the, all the world's best people at your disposal so you can flick through and be like wow that's amazing i love the colors that they've done there i love the composition that they've done there and just by immersing yourself in that like because obviously we talk about comparison a lot and how negative that is but there's real positives in comparison because if you look at someone and think like they're so much better than me the way they put that together is so good how can i do that and you know you're not there yet so you're like okay well i'm just gonna have to learn how to do that so you just keep going and keep going that makes sense that you would want to do it and it comes from a place of it's not just the art it's like your life like you're living your life and the art is embedded into that and therefore you're always going to have something to do yeah so it's like so that experience is something and I was like actually to create art and have an experience at the same time was something I really enjoyed doing and then when it came to portraiture like I'd always painted and drawn portraiture so it's like well I know how to compose a shot in terms of like what looks good in the frame and I was like well yeah let's give this a go let's try and interact with some people and do this and yes yeah, started doing portraiture and that started to go really well and also the interactions that I was having with the people that I was meeting was I was like this is great and this was like years before we started the podcast as well so I feel like I never really had that like in most of my life I'd kind of had a small friendship group you kind of know those people and you don't really meet many people outside of that but I was now putting myself in a situation where I was meeting different people all the time and it's like having to and be able to kind of make conversations with people and kind of hold the conversation across a few hours start to learn about people and then I feel like with portraiture as well the more you get to know people the better the photos will be because you kind of get mm-hmm. to see the real them come out whereas so many people especially if they haven't shot before or they've not shot much they're really low in confidence and I think one thing that I really saw and like I remember doing something with someone who's in the in the food industry and they were so unconfident before we shot and then after they like you could just tell as the shoot went on they were getting more and more confident and then after they just they told me like how confident they now feel because of that shoot that we had and that was just two hours of time together and I'd given someone confidence and then I actually met someone probably like six months after that who'd seen those photos and knew that person as well and they were like since they shot with you their confidence is just so much higher and for me that was like oh my god this is amazing like I'm actually I never went into this to do that, but you're actually benefiting people's lives for the better. You're giving people confidence. You're giving people that self-belief that they can go and do things that they didn't think they could do before. And I think it just got so exciting. That is amazing. That is so cool because that is like a skill that you kind of, it doesn't jump out when you think of photographer, but of course that is the thing beneath of what makes someone good at their job is making people feel comfortable. And obviously I know you, so I felt comfortable when I went and had my headshots taken with you, but it's about the atmosphere and feeling relaxed and you're going to get good photos. And I think that's what you bring through the podcast as well is it's almost like the opposite of snobbery when it comes to creativity and having someone that just says, give it a go. It makes you feel really relaxed. I, I hate the art world for the snobbery of it. I think it's elitist and it's not the way it should be. I think a lot of times in society we have the people who are in power like to keep themselves the ones in power so they like to kind of shut anyone else out whereas I think everyone should have the chance to do something if they want to do it like if you're super into something you should give like you should give it a go and you should try and make that your full life you should try and take whatever your passion is and turn it into a career and I think that's what we try and do with the podcast all the time is it's giving people the confidence to actually go and do that to give that a try because quite often in life we're told that we can't like 
there's everyone's like oh yeah you can follow your dreams do whatever you want but it's like okay well it's great for you to say that but then how do I actually do that and if I don't have the confidence to go and do that then yeah it's like it's just not going to happen and people will sit there and then because people are telling them oh you can go follow your dreams there's no practical route of how to do that they then feel worse about themselves because they feel like they're not following their dreams and it's like there's so much pressure put on people to have this passion to be this like to follow this ultimate ultimate route of happiness that it I think it debilitates a lot of people from even starting because yeah it's such a hard su- such a hard place to be in so so true and and we're kind of looking at a lot of people's shiny outside finished products when 100%. we're just getting started and that can be really off-putting but I wanted to talk to you about how you've changed or grown or pivoted we can discuss that word but over the past year because we've we've all been through a lot and you know in January 2020 I'm sure your business looked different to how it looks now oh yeah would you be able to talk a little bit about you know what you've done and maybe what's not worked what's worked what you've had to say goodbye to but all the stuff that you've um you've also received yes obviously 2020 was an interesting year for everyone and um so my main business that I've spent the past kind of 10 years growing uh, is a company called Graffiti Life, which is uh, a mural company where we do uh, kind of things for people's homes. We do a lot of like bars, restaurants. And over the past like five years, we've done a lot of advertising campaigns, which has ended up becoming kind of the bulk of our revenue. So we can paint up to like a full realistic level. And anytime, if anyone's kind of been around London and seen a hand-painted advert, there's a good chance it might be us who did that. And obviously with 2020 happening and people weren't going out and outdoor advertising took a massive hit then that business got really quiet so we were like okay well what else can we do and like fortunately we started the podcast in 2019 and that kind of allowed us to keep going and keep continuing but it was like obviously like but then we were all back home and we had had to do it remotely and like I was like well I've been doing this photography thing as a hobby for the past couple of years on the side and I love it. I love it so much. And every time and every week in the podcast, we talk about finding what it is you love to do and then trying to make that a career. And we're obviously doing it with the podcast that we absolutely love doing that. But I was like, actually, with the creative side of it, I'm not actually being that creative, despite the fact that I've run creative businesses for the past 10 years. And like with the graffiti company as an example, I well, when we first started, I'd be painting every single day and it'd be quite a, a creative thing. But then as time went on, I ended up taking more of an office role, I suppose. Like I wasn't out painting so much. I wasn't doing the creative. And I kind of felt like I'm one of three people running this business and I'm not actually doing something that I love, which is just seems crazy. It's like, why am I like having a business if I'm not doing something I enjoy doing? Like I might as well just go and work for someone else. I have so much less stress. But yeah, with 2020, I was like, well, I wonder if there's a space nearby home that I could rent out, that I could use as a little podcast studio that I can get to easily. Uh, And then since I've got the space, I could put a little photography studio in there as well. And as 2020 went on, I reached out to a few different kind of model agencies and kind of got some models and started doing some like photo shoots in my studio. And I was like, hold on, I absolutely love this. Like, I'm going to let's let's try and make this a thing and like we talk on the podcast we've like we've had so many people on who've turned their passion into a career they're they're doing what they want to do for a living and I was like I'm just going to put into play every single thing 
that I've learned over the past 10 years with our businesses and the past two years with the podcast and just make it happen. And I think also like we tell people every week that you can go and do this. So let's show people that actually I'm just going to turn this hobby that I've got into a career. And over the past 12 months, that is exactly what's happened. That's so cool. And it's so interesting to hear that story because I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know where it'd come from. And, you know, you're such a creative person. It makes sense that you're off trying new things. But I think what's interesting about what you just said is that, and quite relatable, is we can off, often promote ourselves out of the very creative stuff that we love doing. And I that, that happened with me, an agency once where I was writing and then I got promoted and then I was I was like overseeing other people's writing yeah. and I was like, no, I, I'm a writer. This is crazy. Why am I now experienced? And that means I can't be creative. So it feels like you're someone who follows your true kind of um, compass of feeling good rather than looking good. Yeah, 100 percent. I think like as you get older, I think you care less about what other people think about you and more about what is important to you. And I think if that's not the way that you currently feel, that's the way that you should try and start to kind of move your mindset. Because like we live in a society where like as kids, we want to grow up, have a nice car, live in a big house. All these things that society puts on us for like, this is what life should be like. This is the path that you should follow. And we just go along with it. We just say, okay, then yeah, let's get married by this age let's have kids by this age let's have a house by this age let's get some dogs and have a sports car and all these things and it's like well actually do you actually want that and I think it is important to stop and reflect and be like well what actually do you want what do you want your life to look like do you want to get married do you want to have kids how do you want to set your life up like what would how would you like to spend every single day if you could spend it how many months a year would you like to travel and it's like just thinking about little things like that like if you're like, actually, I'd love to travel for three months a year, then maybe a nine to five job in a normal place that gives you 21 days leave isn't the right opportunity for you. Mm. Maybe there's somewhere like a different route that you can pick. And for someone listening who is thinking this is so cool and inspiring because you had something that was working, but that didn't stop you from going and experiencing and trying new things. What is that balance, would you say, of doing things for free at the beginning and doing things obviously for money because I feel like you know you're 10 years in plus to your creative career but I feel like when you're starting something new or you're trying out something you kind of have to be a bit flexible don't you in being quite strategic with the opportunities and doing things sometimes because you want to not because of the paycheck. Oh 100% I think so I was talking to someone the other day about this actually and I think when it comes to working for free I would say pick work out what it is you want to do and what you enjoy doing the most and just keep doing that if someone's paying for you if someone's paying for it or not so for me for example I like I try and fit as many shoots in as in a week as possible whether they're paid or not if I've got if I'm fully booked then I kind of can't fit in those free ones and it's funny it's like I say fit in the free ones like because I know that they're things that I want to do but if I've got a week and I'm like actually I've got three hours free there I'm going to fit in, I'm going to find it for find someone who wants to do it for free. And I won't tell the world that I'm doing all these things for free because then it kind of devalues what your product is. But it's like, I'm always doing things because it's like, the more you do stuff, the better you get at it. And I was saying recently as well, 
about with like a creative endeavor if you do it once a month you're going to go back to the thing you feel safe every time in it's like when i think of like drawing if someone's if someone says to me because i don't draw that much on paper anymore but if someone says can you draw something i will generally draw a, a portrait straight on and in my mind i can vision now of exactly what it would look like because i know that if i draw that people are going to be like that looks good they're going to think well done and i'm going to be like yeah cool this is great whereas if i if i had to do that every single day or create 10 drawings a day I wouldn't just keep doing that same picture over and over again, even though I know it would work because it would be boring for me because I'd be like, oh, well, I've done that. I don't want to paint the same thing or draw the same thing over and over again. But I think by doing stuff loads, it kind of forces you to be creative, to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and try new things. And I think that's why it's important to do the thing as much as possible. Like with photography as an example, when I first started it, like I was like just working normally in my business, but every evening I had free every weekend that I had free I would kind of find people to go and shoot with to make sure that all of every bit of spare time that I had in a day was filled up with something that I enjoyed and something that also could, that could lead to something I think um we talk a lot about like pivoting and I I really don't like the phrase pivot because I feel like the phrase pivot kind of says that you've got one route that you're heading down and then, oh, it's not worked. So you stop, turn, and just start heading down a different route. It's almost like you're going down a road and you've hit a roundabout, and then you've kind of got all these different junctions that are coming off, and they're like, okay, I'm just going to pick one. Whereas I think a much more beneficial way to think about it is think about it like you've got your single track road, but you're building out like a motorway either side of you. So you're building out extra lanes. So you're always heading in one direction, which is ideally to somewhere you'd like to be in the future. So, firstly, have that idea of like, well, what would my dream life look like? Where would I like to be? What kind of like things would I like to be doing every day? And then just build out these extra lanes, build out these extra skill sets as you're going along. And then you find like, if there's a bit of traffic in your lane that you're currently in, and that's going to stop you getting to where you need to get to, you can pull over into the next lane. And I think that's what I did with moving into photography. It's like I'd been building this side lane for like years, kind of like just whenever I could, I'd put some work into making sure that that lane was getting built. And then when the actual time came, I didn't have to pivot. I could just slowly veer into the next lane, but just like indicate over. And I think that was such a better way to do things. And I think with everything that everyone does, if you're always heading towards a goal that you want to achieve, making sure that all the lanes you build on the side of it are going to potentially help you get there. Because I think what a lot of people do is they'll spend their time like building lanes that aren't going to get them where they need to get to. If the lane you're in currently gets loads of traffic, then you've got nowhere else to turn to. That's what we want to be able to set ourselves up with, the possibility to move into different routes that are all heading in the same direction rather than being like, oh shit, like well, the only lane that I've ever built has now stopped and now I don't know where mm -hmm. to go. I love that. I mean, obviously I love an analogy about multiple lanes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good and it's so true. And I do think that word conjures up strange images for people and it sometimes pivot to me it does sound quite abrupt it's like oh I better turn now yeah when actually in my head I always think of pivoting as like an airplane that is moving so slowly that you don't even notice it's moving but it's going in a new direction mm -hmm. and that's sort of how I visualize it but I I get what you're saying and I also think for people listening who are hearing you say you know you're back to back and you're loving it and you're busy and you're you're thriving in this for people who might be 
I don't know, feeling slightly frazzled by it all by this year. It sounds like to me you're saying you kind of have to find something where you feel like you're being fueled too because it sounds like you get so much out of it. It's not like you're putting everything in and not getting anything back. Like you're getting experiences with new people you're getting that that reward of feeling like you've made a difference like there's so much more than just taking the photos yeah well that's like as I was saying before it's like if there are no jobs coming in say if say if in two months time there was a week and I had no jobs booked I would go and find loads of people who wanted to shoot for free to fill that time because that's what I would do even if the money wasn't there and I think that's the important thing doing something that you would do anyway something that is just fun to do so it's like there's kind of this um diagram called ikigai uh, which is like a japanese thing that has lots of different circles it's basically like a big venn diagram of how to find the thing that you're supposed to do uh, so if someone hasn't heard of it, if you so if you haven't heard of that before yeah ikigai is like i-k-i-g-a-i um have a quick google because it it's it can really help you focus on which route you want to take and that like to kind of simplify it down it's basically finding something that you love doing that is commercially viable. And I think if you can find that match, because it's like if you love doing something that's so niche that no, there's not a market for it, then the, you can never turn that into a career. Well, well, you might be able to, but it's going to be a lot harder than finding something you love doing that also has a market attached to that, that you would do even if there was no money coming in because you just find it fun. It's like, well, what do you do at f- so it's like, what do you do for fun at the weekends? What do you do for fun in the evenings? How do you fill your time that kind of drives you, that gives you like a project to set? I think that's the thing. It's like having having a project that you're, you can always go back to. It's like if you're building a house or you're kind of renovating or something, you're not going to be happy until it's all done. Like you don't want to be kind of living in this kind of shell that's all crumbling down around you. You'd be like, okay, well, I've got some time now let's kind of paint that wall let's kind of rip up this carpet let's like get everything to how I want it to be and I think that's kind of what we need in like like uh, to build our life like is think like well we're currently in a house that's a bit kind of in need of renovation let's kind of go room by room and kind of just make each of those perfect and make it something where somewhere we'd actually want to live and I think that's how that's what a career should be like as well it's it's not just doing something because oh I can take that job because it will give me the money to allow me to do these other things so I think that's a really like bad way to live. Like you can either live where you enjoy 52 weeks of the year or you can hate 48 weeks and then just enjoy the four weeks holiday you have. And I think it's so much like, I think if you're not in that situation where you enjoy 52 weeks, then you need to be spending the spare time that you have to move towards something that's going to allow you to enjoy those 52 weeks. Because yes, it might be like horrible for a few years of just putting in that grind to make sure that, you can actually live that life in the future but it's so worth it like putting in that those extra hours it's like at the moment I'm working probably more hours than I've ever worked because I know that this is all building towards something and I'm enjoying what I'm doing as well so it's like I don't mind putting in those hours. I love that and that reminds me a lot actually of Seth Godin's uh, sort of mantra of if you're doing something in your spare time and you are doing it consistently, you will end up doing that thing yeah, one day. 100%. It's almost like there is kind of no way that you won't because people will notice you. And I think he uses the example of like, if you wanted to be a leader of a team or a school or something, and you spend your weekends 
rounding up kids and like teaching them things, you're going to get a job as that because people are seeing you do it. And yeah, I, that's such good advice. We're also in this weird world now where everyone needs to monetize as quickly as possible. Like I hate the word monetize because everyone's just like, when do I monetize? When do I monetize? Whereas actually you don't need to ask that question because it will come to you. It's quite an organic process. I think if you do something, especially regularly, and you let people know about it, then people will start to, when you're at the level where you're good enough to monetize, people will come to you and be like, how can I pay you to do that for me? It's like quite often people will have friends who've like do, started doing um, calligraphy or something. And when it comes to like wedding invites, they'll be like, oh, this person's really good at calligraphy. I'm going to get them to do that. So it's like the more people you can tell about the thing that you do, the more likely there is that people are going to ask for it. And you'll know when the time to monetize it is because people start saying like, oh, how can I pay you for this? How can I get you to do that for me? A hundred percent. And that's why when people message me and I do get quite a lot of these messages saying, how do I monetize X, Y, and Z? I don't know the answer because yeah. I've never, I've never thought that myself. I've never sat down with a pen and paper and thought, how do I monetize? So it's like kind of, hard advice and it doesn't really exist yeah i think like if you're asking the question of how to monetize you really need to be asking the question of how do i get better and how do i get more people to see my work yeah so true and just lastly i guess to continue your amazing analogy of the multiple lanes and moving into different lanes how do you think you know when it's time to make that change i mean how far ahead do you plan for example do, do you know when to change ahead of the game or or is it kind of organic See, I would say like, just build as many lanes as possible as you're going along. It's almost like anything that I do will always be building a lane of some form. And it's like, I'm going to do this and it might one day lead to something. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That lane could just kind of disappear. But I think you just kind of know. I think everything that happens is quite organic. And Eliza, so there's actually saying that, speaking to people on the podcast, there's quite a overwhelming kind of pattern that you we see of people who basically either they've either there's been some big trauma that's basically happened so they've either just snapped they're basically burnt out and just thought fuck it like i cannot do this anymore i need to do this other thing so that will happen so i suppose in the in the lane metaphor that would be like crashing into the car in front of you like it literally smashed and you're like okay well i can't go this route anymore i'm gonna need to get out and walk this down this other lane um but i think all people get made redundant that's obviously that's quite a, a popular one as well that people then go and start that start moving into that other lane but I think so much of it is just self-awareness and asking yourself am I happy in the lane I'm currently in and if that is no for too long then that's probably when it's time to change lanes so true thank you so much for this episode I feel really yeah really inspired because I don't think anyone's ever kind of staying in their lane forever you know we're all yeah. changing we've all got new chapters ahead of us and even though I'm really happy with what I'm doing at the moment I just know that on the horizon there's something different and I think that's the same for everyone so if anyone's listening and feeling a bit stuck at the moment um, I hope you enjoyed this episode because I definitely did thank you so much Adam thank you so much for having me